0: What's up, people of Earth, and welcome to The Watcher. My name is David Essa, and in today's episode we're going to be breaking down all the wonderful news and amazing things that have been going on in the recent weeks. Um, I'm going to start off with a little disclaimer. Uh, for fans of the, the channel and of the podcast, you guys know that uh, I tend to uh, do my movie reviews the day after I watch them. Um, but Yesterday, we were sworn to silence uh, by, by the mad titan Thanos himself and the Russo brothers. They just basically politely asked if uh, we could hold spoilers until maybe a week or two weeks after we watched the movie. So uh, when Endgame comes out, I think I'll pre-record the review and then release it uh, a week down the line give everyone a chance to watch the movie and um, get caught up, uh, just to, you know, keep, keep me from spoiling things and ruining your life, um, so that being said, let's move on to bigger and better things, uh, let's talk Teen Titans, uh, the titan show on the DC Universe streaming app and on, uh, I think it's on Netflix now as well was very well received, I think it was done very well as well, uh, they involved the right people, and season two has picked up some headway with uh, some some pretty big news, um, and that news is Ian Glenn, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Jorah Moment, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, is going to be playing Bruce Wayne in season two of Titans. Um, I think it's, it's exciting, it's different. Uh, Ian Glenn's a fantastic actor, so in terms of acting chops, he has the acting chops to be Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Um, what interests me is this, is is from what I've read and heard about his uh, performance in the, in season two, he's going to be Batman. So it's going to be a full-on portrayal of Bruce Wayne and the Cape Crusader. We're going to see him in cowl, in costume. He's going to, I think, help out with the whole Trigon series. I have no idea. Or Trigon saga. I have no idea, but um, I'm excited. I think Ian Glenn is a fantastic actor. Uh, for the age range that they're looking for, Bruce Wayne, in this, in that world, in the Titans universe, he's perfect. He definitely has the jaw and the look. For, for you know a, a more mature Aged Bruce Wayne Which is fantastic um, So I think it's, it's a good casting choice All in all I think uh, Titans And the creative team behind Titans Have a very firm grip on On their view And their vision for where the show is going And where they want the show to go So I'm, I'm very happy with that casting choice I think uh, Ian is going to do a, a good job Um, and that's, that's pretty much an understatement, but, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great. Moving on, uh, as you know, Shazam! recently came out, and, um, it was amazing, and I did the review, I think, last week, and it's good, but I wanted to discuss some of the Easter eggs in, in the movie, some of my favorite Easter eggs, I went back and watched the movie, I read a couple articles, watched a couple YouTube videos, and um, I learned some wonderful things about this movie. Um, All the references to the DC uh, Extended Universe are my favorite easter eggs in this movie. Uh, Just they reference Superman, his first arrival on Earth, they reference his battle with Zod in 2013's Man of Steel, they reference his battle with Batman, they reference wonder woman they reference aquaman uh and it's 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 nice because that's kind of a love letter to to a universe that we felt or we as a fan base have have thought to be dying you know the DCU is everyone's talking about how oh it's done you know ben affleck's gone superman's gone it's you know it's out the window but it's not i think the shazam movie and the Aquaman movie and Wonder Woman when it comes out later this year are gonna reinstill that uh, sort of feeling of hope. I want to say I don't like it's weird, but hope for for the for the characters that we love in that franchise and in the DC franchise. Um, that there's still gonna be a huge uh, resistance from DC, and that they're not gonna give up, and they're not gonna hit the. they're not going to pull the ripcord on the universe just yet, you know, they're going to see and uh, and feel with each movie they make how well they can do and how far they can take the universe, which is awesome, um, another couple, other couple of callbacks in, in this movie, I spoke, I think, in the, the review about Tony, Tony the talking tiger, uh, he was referenced many times in this, in this movie, uh, to a point where even on, uh, Shazam's cape those little uh, balls that click into a suit to keep the cape on his back it's a picture it's like a little tiger emblem on them which is super cool super dope and once again that movie was just really good I think Shazam did a lot of things for the DCEU that many people thought that it couldn't and I'm proud that they did those things because now we kind of have a Superman universe without Superman which is dope. Um, moving on, Disney Plus has been picking up in recent weeks, guys, so um, for those of you that don't know, Disney have launched their own streaming service to combat Disney, uh, uh, Netflix, Hulu, uh, DC's streaming service, DC Universe, which is fantastic, by the way, um, I hijacked a, a friend's account for, for a couple of weeks and some of the stuff that's on there is, 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 really good, um, not sure when it's coming to South Africa, this is in terms of DC, the DC universe, I'm not sure when it comes to South Africa, and I'm not actually sure if it's here yet, I'll double check and let you guys know, um, but when it does come, I suggest you get it, there's a lot of wonderful things on there, in terms from documentaries, all the way to cartoons, movies, you name it, it's on there, um, and it's, it's, it's a wonderful way to keep the, the fans of that particular comic book house entertained. I mean, from there you can get comic books. You get access to latest releases, artwork, uh, behind-the-scenes footage into TV shows that they make and movies that they make. So it's, 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 it's interactive in a sense where you as a fan can be immersed in something um, entirely, which is dope. Um, but Disney have launched their streaming service, and the first initial look of it has been leaked online, um, very similar setup to Netflix and Hulu and all of that, it's like this drop-down menu of all the stuff they have on there, but basically every single Disney movie ever made and Disney cartoon and TV series ever made is on there. So everything that Disney own, which is basically everything is on DC, uh, on, on Disney Plus, so they have all the Marvel movies, all the Disney movies, all the Pixar movies, um, what else? Oh, right, they also have some new TV shows coming out, guys, uh, in the Marvel Universe, if you are a fan of Hawkeye and Jeremy Renner, he is getting his own TV show, uh, it's from what I've read, it's going to be a 10-episode series on Disney+, and it's going to follow Hawkeye, I don't know if it's going to follow Hawkeye before or after Avengers, um, but either way, it's really cool, Jeremy Renner is awesome, and he's done a great job with the character of of Hawkeye, and and if I'm being honest, what I would like to see is if season one was um, Hawkeye post-snap, so if 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 you understand what I mean in the trailers when we see Hawkeye, he's Ronan. So he's become Ronan in the in Endgame now and he's you know he's lost his family and he's gone down a very dark path. What I would like to see is on this Disney Plus series is that very dark path. I would like to see where he went, who he killed, and what he did in Japan before they find him in Endgame. Uh that would be dope. If not that, then I want to see early door early days uh, Clint Barton in, 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 in S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, how did he become an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., how did he become Hawkeye, who taught him, who trained him, uh, how did he meet Black Widow, all those wonderful things, that should be the, the, the TV show, it's not him becoming Ronan, I want to see him becoming Hawkeye, um, there's also a Scarlet Witch and Vision show, which is interesting, uh, It has been slated with um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany as well. So we've got continuation. As we know, Loki is getting his own TV show as well on Disney+. And it is going to be Tom Hiddleston. And I think that one, that was the first one they announced. So there's more info on that. Uh, From what I read about it, it looks like it's going to be Loki's travels after the first Thor movie. So after the first Thor movie when he pretends to be dead... And he finds his way to Thanos and he gets the staff and all that wonderful nonsense. It's going to be kind of that storyline. And we're just going to see how Loki transformed from the first Thor movie in Avengers to Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War, uh, which is dope. Tom Hiddleston's a great actor. Loki was a fantastic character. Uh, I think he was the best, second best MCU villain in, in... If we look at the the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a whole, I think it's it's Thanos and then Loki in close second. Um, So uh, a more in-depth, deeper dive into his series and his uh, life and his world is fantastic. I think everybody wants to know more about the character, and this is a fun way to do it outside of forcing people to read comic books. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, So, yes, Disney Plus is launching, I think, in mid-June, if I'm not mistaken. And it should be available for South Africans in late December. Um, Or just use a VPN and uh, get it when it comes out. Uh, Also, the price range is a little different. It's a lot cheaper than Netflix and, and Hulu and all the other your streaming services, so that's something to look at, um, and, uh, I think just if you're a fan of Disney movies and Disney properties, so also the Star Wars show that John Favreau has been involved with, uh, The Mandalorian is what it's called, that's gonna be aired officially on Disney Plus, so for your Star Wars fans, all the Star Wars movies are there, All the Star Wars cartoons are there, all the Marvel stuff is there, Uh, all the Toy Story movies are there. I know that franchise has a huge following. Um, So Disney Plus coming to us in June. Get excited, get ready, uh, prepare yourself for some interesting television and streaming television over the next couple of weeks uh, because Game of Thrones is on as well. Game of Thrones is back. <laughs> first episode is out. Again, I'm not gonna spoil the first episode for anyone. Uh, I think Game of Thrones uh, in a whole is just a tricky, tricky show to talk about because there's so many theories and, and so many wonderful things to talk about. Uh, but in all honesty, uh I'm, I'm not gonna discuss any of my thoughts and my theories. I want the Night King to win and I don't want people to be upset with me for that so I'm just not going to give anyone my theories also more Game of Thrones stuff if you're a fan of the books uh, George R. R. Martin has given up on giving out his book dates so it looks like the last two books in the Tale of, uh, is it the Tale of Fire and Ice or Song of Fire and Ice book series um, they might never come so the show is all we have for now um, and let's hope the show does justice in that sense, uh, the first episode's out though, it's really good, I enjoyed it, um, I liked the sort of callback and, um, nostalgic feel to it, because they, they shape episode, season, season 8, episode 1, the same way as season 1, episode 1, uh, there were so many mirror images and conversations and, hell even text off the script from season one episode one and season eight episode one which was really dope. Um if you know me I'm a big fan of foreshadowing and there was a whole hell of a lot of foreshadowing in that sh- that that particular episode. So I was I was excited, I was happy and I'm ready for this season to to kick off uh <laughs> the way I hoped it kick the way we all hoped it kicked off. Um, Next up, uh, speaking of the Mandalorian in Star Wars before Game of Thrones came up, Star Wars Episode 9, the trailer was released um, last week, and it's look, the trailer is fantastic, it doesn't give a lot away of what's happening in the movie, obviously, but it does give some things away. Uh, from what we can see, it looks like they are, in the trailer at least, exploring maybe some new Force powers that, that have been discovered by our young Jedi and Sith warriors. Um, also, probably my favorite part in the trailer is when you hear Emperor Palpatine laugh, which got me really excited because that means Emperor Palpatine is still alive. And kicking, and um, you know, even if it's not, if they involve him in some way, be it with a flashback or uh, you know, force projection or whatever the hell they're gonna do to do it, I'm excited because Emperor Palpatine was legit the, the 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 Sith Lord that started it all. You know, he was the guy behind the guy that ran the Death Star, which is dope. Um, and to kind of Close the universe and the Star Wars franchise full circle, including Emperor Palpatine in the last episode, is, the, I think, the most poetic way to end, end the franchise, which is dope and gets everyone just excited and happy and ready for the movie. Because, I'll be honest with you, we were very Star Wars saturated last year you know, we had, um, was it episode 6, we had episode 6 come out, or episode 8 come out, and then it was Rogue One, and then it was the Han Solo movie, and it was just, it was too much Star Wars, so I think taking that, that year-long break in between the two movies was genius, because now we, our minds have been purged of all Star Wars things, um, before this movie comes out, I'll need to revisit the last two movies. So I'll need to go and watch Force Awakens and, uh, well, what was the what was the one before that again? I can't remember. But I'll need to go and watch those two back before I go to uh, the last Skywalker in uh, in theaters. So I think it's important that that Star Wars took that sabbatical because now. Mm, the casual watcher and the hardcore fan kind of feel that they, their palate is, is cleansed and refreshed and they can go into the new movie with fresh perspective, fresh eyes, and this, it's just a less saturated market of Star Wars nonsense. Um, you know, because there was a whole lot of stuff being pushed at us last, the last two years. Um, like, to the point where I didn't even go and watch the last Star Wars movie in, in theatres or... Rogue One, or solo for that matter. So, I think the year-long rate is good because now the fans feel that we can band together and all go and watch that final one um, with open eyes and a fresh mind and just genuine excitement again, you know? Because Star Wars has has been known to capture that nostalgic feeling. They target that in, in their audience and you can't feel nostalgia when you've just finished one movie... and then two months later there's another one... so I think Disney and, and, and Lucasfilms... and the people behind these Star Wars movies... kind of realized what they were doing... and realized that they needed to take a step back... and they, they've done that... and now we are excited... and everything is kind of repurposed... and shifted back into that sense of... yes Star Wars is coming... yes I'm excited... Let's do this. So, the trailer came out last week. It's really good. I'm excited for this movie. Um, I'm also excited to see how they end it all. You know, because uh, all those years ago, after the the Death Star exploded, we thought it was done. And then the Empire came back. And I think if, for for a full-on conclusion, more than just the bad guy has to die. Like I think this movie should end with like a Kylo Ren death scene or Kylo Ren and Rey teaming up to kill the main villain and then sort of like a, a rebuild of, of the galactic governments of the world. Uh, just, you know, just to put a nice capper and a, a definite end to the Star Wars franchise and to that world and that universe in a whole. Uh, would be nice because I think if they end it on a on like an open end you're gonna leave fans wanting a little too much and that's it's gonna end off coming you know end up coming off a little bit weird and it's gonna leave us sitting for another 10 years theorizing and hoping oh damn it will the empire come back um so I think they should end it definitely and have a a massive massive final scene that just or like a final reveal that blows everyone away like uh, everyone's discussing now is Rey the last Skywalker or did Han Solo and Leia have a kid did uh she's uh, did Luke Skywalker have a kid that we don't know about there's a whole lot of theories floating around the world and uh, around nerd culture I'm not gonna get into those i am just gotta wait for the movie I don't wanna because my my view on my view on theories is you end up finding one that's so good that when the movie comes out and it's not that theory, the movie ends up being undercut, and that's why i don't I don't fall for the theories um so moving on from Star Wars, I'm excited for the movie palpatine's back in one way or another uh moving on to some massive massive news in in my opinion and for every anime fan out there um cowboy bebop guys is a staple uh for any any major anime fan i think cowboy bebop is on everyone's list um there's been a live action cowboy bebop greenlit by netflix um now I have my, there's, there is some trepidation about it because the last, I think, three things Netflix have done, anime related, were absolutely disgusting, <laughs> uh, they butchered Death Note, um, they, they did a, ble- a live action Bleach, I think it was a movie, wasn't terrible, but it also it wasn't the best, uh, I know they made a Full Metal Alchemist movie as well, that also wasn't that great, Um, so when I, when I heard this news, when it came across, uh, you know, my radar while I was doing research for this episode, I, I got excited and then I immediately coiled my expectations because Netflix have disappointed in the past and they may disappoint again, but they have a cast list. So the Cowboy Bebop live action series will star John Cho uh, as Spike Spiegel. So for those of you who don't know, John Cho is Harold from Harold and Kumar. Uh, He was in Star Trek. He was in Searching. Uh, He was in Kitchen Confidential back in the day. So yeah, John Cho is going to star as Spike Spiegel, uh, who's the leader and showrunner of the brand and uh, of the bounty hunters. He is the man and the main character in the story. Uh, joining John Cho uh, aboard the Bebop, uh, his ship, uh, Mustafa Shakir, who we all know from Luke Cage, Bushmaster. Uh, Mustafa Shakir is going to be uh, Jet Black, who is Spike's partner. Um, I'm excited for this because Mustafa, as an, as an actor, is very talented and he has this ability of becoming so, like, he becomes the character to a point where you forget that he's acting, and, and you're just watching, like, this, this person move through scenes effortlessly and act the shit out of everything he has in front of him, so I'm excited to see Mustafa Shakir, uh, step into Jack Black shoes, uh, Jet Black shoes, and, uh, be the, the, the gritty, dark ex-space cop that we all want, um, Next up is, uh, Daniela Pinetta, excuse the the pronunciation, Daniela Pinetta from the second Jurassic Park World movie, uh, she is gonna be, uh, Faye Valentine, which is interesting, I think, uh, as, as casting live action anime female characters go, she might be the smartest choice, because she looks close enough to Faye, Val- uh, Faye Valentine, where you can kind of be cool with it, uh, in a sense where no one is like, oh man, they casted her, but let's be honest, in anime, no woman looks like an anime character, and no woman will ever look like an anime character, and the closest you can get to it is, is I think, the best way to go about casting anime characters, so... Shout out to Daniela Panetta. She's a fantastic actress. She was amazing in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, and uh, I think she did an independent recently that did well at Sundance or Cannes. I might be wrong. I think I'm definitely wrong. But whatever, she's a fantastic actress. And uh, it's, it's, it's a good cast. They have a strong, strong, strong pool of actors here that can portray these characters in a way that we need them to be portrayed. And, you know, they've got some creative showrunners behind. So moving, moving on further than that, um, the Netflix version, that, that this is a Netflix version of the Cowboy Bebop, it's set for 10 episodes. And the first episode is penned by Thor Ragnarok writer Christopher Yost. Uh, Christopher Yost, as we know, is, is, he's a fantastic writer, he has a way of catching, uh, capturing uh, sort of character nuance and satire all in one, which is necessary for a show like this because in the anime you have characters that are heavily, heavily nuanced in a sense where each character has an arc every episode. Uh, in terms of, uh, Faye Valentine, she has a character arc every five minutes because, uh, for fans of the show know that she's coming out of a, you know, she's stepping into an entirely new time period, uh, in joining the, 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 the Cowboy Bebop team and this band of bounty hunters. Um, and the first two episodes of the series will be directed by Alex Garcia Lopez, uh, For those of you that don't know Alex Garcia Lopez, he directed on Luke Cage, Cloak and Dagger, Daredevil, so they are, it seems like they, they, they're giving the, the the creative job to people that have worked, uh, not just with Netflix, but they've worked on shows that have a very strong narrative, uh, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Cloak and Dagger, these are shows, uh, not just, you know, from the, the fantasy world, but shows that have a, a rich storyline and rich characters to, to work with. So I'm excited, this this got me excited about the Netflix live action Cowboy Bebop. Um, Christopher Yost writing is I think a genius move and uh, Alex Garcia Lopez is not a terrible choice in director at all. Um, uh, I mean, you know, through work on Luke Cage and Daredevil, you can tell that the work that, that um, uh, Alex Garcia Lopez produced and has given us is flawless. I think if Disney Plus didn't come around, we would still be waiting for season three of, of Luke Cage and season four of Daredevil. Um, because those shows were that good. The writing and directing of those shows were that good. And, um, I think they, they've, they've put it in they've put the show in good hands, uh, both from a creative standpoint and an acting standpoint. So my trepidations and sort of concerns about it have have withered. They're not gone completely, but they have disappeared slightly because they've given the show to a, a talented group of people who will uh, I think, respect the source material enough to actually portray the live action like the the anime and we'll end off with a fair representation of a show and a much um much more accurate representation of a show um which i'm very excited for so that's the cowboy bebop news uh next up for all the fans of margot robbie And her Birds of Prey movie that's going to be coming out sometime next year. Or is it eighty No. Yeah, next year. 2020. Jeez. Um, The Birds of Prey movie is wrapped. Uh, Margot Robbie let us know this off her Instagram. uh, With this little singlet of her dressed in Harley Quinn. uh, Her Harley Quinn uh, attire. On a set chair. And it just said Birds of Prey. And then wrapped. So... Birds of Play movie is done. Uh, it comes out in April. Is it April of 2020? I'm very excited. Uh, I think it's it's good that they finished it this early because now they can start those um, the test screenings and uh, you know those early those early rating screenings where people can kind of give their, their feedback and you can give it to focus groups and test groups and see how well the movie is going to do, and then if need be, they have enough time to push uh, for reshoots, um, which I honestly, I don't think will be necessary, this movie was handled quite well, um, you've got a great great group of ca- actors, you've got a great storyline, and um, you have people that are, I think they've wised up to the fact that these characters can only carry the movie so far. Like, Harley Quinn's gonna get people to the theater, but you're gonna need Harley Quinn to be important in the story to keep people in the theater, if that makes any sense. Um, You have to create uh, characters that have purpose. I think in Suicide Squad, what, what had that entire film, sort of, what had made it fall through, was the fact that the studio got too involved and they didn't let a creative director, i.e. David Ayer, be creative. You know, they clipped his wings and it hurt the movie. In this sense, I think, it looks like they gave the Birds of Prey production team the room to operate. I think they liked the idea they pitched. Um, You know, it falls in the vein of it's it's mostly an all-female cast. You've got your main villain, I think is, is Black Mask, which is amazing, Black Mask is one of my favorite comic book characters, and comic book, um, antagonists from the Batman, uh, Pantheon, so I'm excited, I think this Black, the, the Birds of Prey movie is gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna I don't want to say it's, it's gonna be it's not going to exceed expectations but it's going to cap expectations in a way where we'll be happy with it and it won't be forced in a sense like it's not going to be forced on us we're not going to be like oh cool it's going to be a movie that we can go watch and enjoy and and really look at introspectively uh, look at it in a different way and say shit good job you know i think that they've They found that balance between the creative types and the studio execs now. You know, after the whole uh, Zack Snyder fiasco and the first Suicide Squad movie, you know, being what it was, I think Warner Brothers, DC and the directors and actors involved in these products have really taken a step back. And thought these things out. And I think Birds of Prey is going to be uh, one of the best DC movies that we see um, moving forward. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. And then final news, guys, for the week before I leave. Uh, Lord of the Rings, as we know, is getting a TV show. Uh, I think it's with Hulu or Amazon. Sorry, it's with Amazon. Amazon Prime, and it is the most expensive TV show ever. The budget for this thing was close to the billions, which is fucking ridiculous on its own. Uh, But it looks like it's moving strong and it's picking up and it starts filming in August. Um, I tried diving deep for uh, like a cast list and stuff. I didn't find anything, but if I'm being honest with you, I wasn't looking that hard. So next week, uh, I will take a little bit more of an in-depth look and look deeper into that show and what it's all about and then share it with you guys. But they start filming in August. It's gonna be probably a 10 or 8 episode series. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be so much fun. And for the fans of that franchise, I'm pretty sure it'll be interesting. I'll be honest, I'm not that big a fan of the Lord of the Rings franchise. Um, I struggle to watch the the three movies. Um, But Peter Jackson's a genius. And uh, those characters are rich and nuanced and awesome. And the fan base is massive (laughs) and passionate. So I'm pretty sure the show will be fine, Uh, and hopefully it's more than fine, and they continue making it for maybe, what did they project, seven seasons? They want it to be like a Game of Thrones type of thing, and it, from what I understand of it, it's a prequel. So, there you have it. Lord of the Rings show starts in August. Uh, One more piece of news before we go. One Punch Man season two is started. Um, my review will be out on it soon They gave Saitama and uh, Genos Their official hero names Which I'm super excited about uh, For fans of the show uh, I know we've been waiting With bated breath For this season uh, season 2 And it's here So for the next couple of days That's what I'm going to be doing uh, With Game of Thrones <laughs> Life's good guys We've got Game of Thrones. Endgame is eight days away. Oh, Endgame. (laughs) But hey, that's my time. Thank you guys for listening. As always, have a wonderful Watcher Wednesday. And um, I'll see you guys next time. Same Watcher channel, same Watcher time.